0: Welcome to the Viking Voice, everyone. It is your Friday edition.
1: And our 10th episode, Mrs. Weibel.
0: It is lucky number 10. And in honor of our 10th episode, we have a very special guest today.
2: Hello, friends and neighbors out there in the middle of nowhere. Mr. Ballard here to enliven your Friday afternoon, evening, and all points in between.
1: (laughs) You know, Mister Ballard, when we when we were uh, kind of knocking around who we wanted to interview first, you you came up first. We you were oh, our first.
2: I, you just waited ten episodes to ask. Well, to we had her. some
1: other some other things popped up, and uh, yeah, we're 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 here now. So
0: the other thing is, it's taken us a while to kind of get into our groove in our podcast. It's taken a while to be like, hey, you know, we should have guests.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's a novel idea
0: yeah well we're glad you're here tonight
2: and i'm glad to be here
0: what have you been up to how have you been spending your time um i know you went back to work a little bit this week we'll talk about that in a minute but up until that what have you been doing
2: dishes lots and lots of dishes (laughs) i have dishpan hands and i'm darn proud of it um I took a new position as my wife's executive assistant, and I hear through the vine that she thinks I'm probably the best executive assistant she's ever had.
0: Wow. She
2: has uh, has uh, iced tea on command. Her lunch is catered and ready for her whenever, and I rub her feet if I have to. It's, you do know what you have to do as an executive assistant to make your way in the corporate world.
0: <laughs> wow, what a lucky gal she is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And in between, um, working in my yard and a lot of time out in my carving shop.
1: So, so your doodles are epic. Uh, I've seen the doodles, seen the decoys. I, I love the mask. Um, that, that was one of the most creative masks I've seen in a while. What's your favorite <laughs> project that you've done so far over the last month?
2: Oh, goodness.
1: Um, actually, I'm
2: doing a, a restoration project right now and it has to have been oh well, maybe 10 years ago i um uh, i had a good friend that i duck hunt with and uh when i say i carve ducks i carve duck decoys for hunting and uh, he uh was diagnosed with cancer and he kind of had a, an incident when we were out hunting where suddenly he uh Shot his gun and had some terrible pain in his chest. I wasn't sure what it, is, what it was. Went in and got checked. Found out he had cancer. And I said right then and there, we're going to get through this. I'm going to carve you a bunch of decoys. And when this has all come to pass, we're going to hunt over these decoys. And so it was kind of one of those therapeutic things for me, therapeutic things for him. Yeah. So I made the decoys. And he indeed did recover and hunted over them. But they've been around a long time. And they've taken some abuse. So I am rehabbing those decoys, uh, sealing up any holes that they might have from accidentally being shot and uh, repainting them and getting them ready for next season, because now our goal is to be ready for when uh, the next duck season rolls around. And other than that, I'm doing some projects for myself. I just got a special order from my daughter. Apparently, there's a young man that she's
1: taking Mm. advantage of. Mm. And
2: he's a fisherman, so she asked me to carve him uh-huh. a, something special for him. I don't uh-huh. want to announce what it is, just in case he's out there listening, because I know this podcast has to be extremely popular with the masters. I don't, want, I don't want to give that away, but
1: that's what I've been doing. We're like ZZ Keep Top. Them. We're worldwide, Mr. Beller.
2: That's right. Oh, we bad. And we worldwide.
0: This week, you went back and did a little work for Hopkins, didn't you?
2: I did. I spent... This week, as an essential employee, procuring essential academic materials to support online and at-home learning, which means I cleaned out all of the lockers in the high school and put those items in trash bags and had them labeled with the other pairs, so that uh, the freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors could cruise through and pick up their uh, items and get them home because a lot of stuff got left behind. And uh I never knew that half drinking monsters and uh Red Bulls were essential academic material, but boy did a lot of those get packed up.
0: I was gonna ask you, first of all, thank you very much for doing that, because that is I think that's considered a dirty job, don't you?
2: Yeah. That's considered a- well, if you if you weigh that against some of the other dirty jobs I've had, like being a zookeeper and cleaning out a bear's cage, <laughs> things like that, yeah, it's in that ballpark.
0: <laughs> um what is the most disgusting thing that you found this past week
2: oh goodness i think it probably had to be yeah it was a a quarter of a can of red bull left um and when i grabbed it it was it was somewhere between solid and liquid i'm not sure what Ew. that state of matter would be a trans, a Transitory state of matter. How's that sound? We'll turn it into a science lesson right there. <laughs> it, was, it was it was in in the throes of becoming other. <laughs> um and let me say that the smells
1: oh.
2: were were interesting. Oh yeah. Um, I can imagine. And you know, as far as a demographic is concerned, I can't really say one grade level was more significant than the other. There were there were special bright spots throughout (laughs) those different grade levels um ladies you you have a special place in my heart but uh I don't think there's any difference between boys and girls lockers on some level when it comes to what can we cram in here today um some of them I think were actually left as booby traps with with knowledge (laughs) someone eventually would be opening them (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but overall, it was a a good process. It went quickly, I thought, and well organized. And as far as the pickup is concerned, uh, people have been fantastic with coming to get their materials following the the social distancing mandates that we have and 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 the directions and being really understandable on um, the process that we have to go through to to make it a success. And really, At the end of the day, it was just nice to see the kids. It really was.
0: I bet.
1: Yeah. That's one thing uh, when we get to, I did a Google meet yesterday with about 25 kids, and it was just so nice to see their faces and and, uh, hear them talk. It was, uh, it's fun to talk to them. I have a couple questions for you regarding social distancing or physical distancing, Mr. Ballard. What are you observing when when you're out and about amongst your travels? Are, Are you seeing... People social distance, or is it is it a challenge?
2: I'm seeing, and you know, this is just my personal perspective. I'm seeing a, a mix of of observations of those rules, and that that was early on. Some people seem to get it and and be totally into abiding by it and and being conscious of one another and polite to another, and some folks just walk through life like it's just another day. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I haven't gone out <clears throat> very much at all because I'm deemed high risk. Uh, I've got some, some pulmonary issues that were preexistent anyway. So my wife, God bless her. She has, when we've had to do resupply, she's done those things, which, you know, it kind of, well, it worries me, um, as it would probably anybody. Uh, but mm-hmm. she's she's observing all the things wearing masks uh sanitizing hands coming and going from the store which is really the only place we've gone other than the gas station and we're kind of hyper aware of those situations in a gas station especially as small as, as Hopkins is with utilizing cds of you know watching yourself at the pump either using a glove or cleaning your hands really well after doing that and uh same thing there. You get people that are abiding by it There people that aren't. But that's, I think that's just human nature, really, when yes. it comes to those issues.
1: Yeah. We were talking the other day about awkward moments. We've, we both had a couple awkward moments where we found ourselves in, you know, too close to somebody else. And we just didn't really, I didn't realize I, that we were in a pandemic. And I was like, oh, I guess I got to back up six feet. Have you found yourself in any like strange situations?
2: Sort of. Yeah. I, you know, there's been times when, I I, myself and other people have been hesitant to be the first ones to take that step up to the next line, you know, when you're waiting for groceries or or whatever. Um, A lot of people aren't sure what to do because this, this is a new normal, a a new societal normal. I think uh, that's, that's sort of shaken us to our roots. Life has been free and easy for the majority of us, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a lot older than you guys, but thinking back to the way we've communed with one another in group settings, you know, shoulder to shoulder in large group, things like that. In reality, some of that may be going away. Um, But the one thing I try to share with people a lot of times is I don't think that this is really the first time that society has had this type of a shake. It's the times that it's happened before. They haven't had the mass media coverage, the instant knowledge of this is going on here, this is going on there. I had relatives that were alive during the Spanish flu. I've got I had some very old relatives that experienced some of those things hmm. um, and some of those, you know shared cultural memories of of things that went on then. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine that's that's been in respiratory services. For years and years and years and you know, he just reminded me that he's lived through sars and you know h1n1 and the middle eastern virus and some of the viruses he quoted are viruses i've never even heard of so this is you know it's a big deal and it's stuff that has been experienced before it's just that there's so many more of us now and we're we're living in a time when we haven't had to deal with things like this in such a long time that you know used to be oh i have the flu you have the flu type of stuff and a lot of people used to die and people still a lot a lot more people have died from the flu so far than have died from from COVID this year but the societal side of it is going to create something brand new i think
0: two things you maybe think of number one i've talked about this before but You know, looking back on the plague and how many people died of black plague, which turned out to be a bacterial infection and people still get the plague today, but you take an antibiotic and you're fine. And so just, we kind of take advantage that we have medical advances that have sort of helped overcome these things in the past. The other thing you mentioned H1N1, students who had me, I think it was my second year teaching, um, was the H1N1. And my sister, my oldest sister, got H1N1 and she she was on life support. She was on a vent right. and in a coma for a month. She got life flighted from Lansing, where she lives, to U of M and she ended up in a critical care unit there on a vent. And even then, it was very close to me. I was driving to U of M regularly to see her, but it wasn't to this magnitude. I don't remember it affecting society at all in the right. way that this has affected. Our society.
2: No, and this is a big deal. in In my mind, it's a big deal. You know, I I guess I don't mind sharing the fact that it's it has scared the boogers right out of me, quite frankly.
1: Sure.
2: Um, and it just I think it's going to break down to, you know, we're we're going to deal with our fear, and then we're going to remember, a, we're all in this together. B, the only way we get through this is together, and that's through our intelligence, our common sense. But also heavily in my mind is our compassion in being, to quote a wonderful human being, being mindful of those things and uh, that our effects reach out to many more people than just ourselves.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's one of the things one that we have on our uh, agenda here. I wanted to talk a little bit about what I think is an undercovered story. Uh, I, If you pay attention to the national media, uh, you don't necessarily get this picture or this story. But if you start looking at local newspapers and local media, you're seeing it everywhere. And that's nursing homes. Oh, yeah. Um, Most of the cases that are coming about are from nursing homes. For example, living up here north of Grand Rapids uh, in Cedar Springs, we had a nursing home um, that had 31 uh, of its residents testing positive for the virus and uh, six of them died. Right. That's that's one nursing home. Um, The governor or two days ago uh, had an executive order that mandated nursing homes and other long term care facilities to Create a special unit for residents that tested positive or they have to send them to a regional hospital. I don't think people are talking enough about this, and you know for young people, especially our students, you can't say that' you're, you're immune to it, but it's obviously not affecting the younger folks as much as you know our compromised um, you know older older people, older populations. so what's your take on that?
2: Well, I think that that's in some cases it's kind of put a a barrier. Between recognition of of what it is and who it affects, because you know we did see the issues with spring break with a myriad of young people still gathering, saying, "Oh, it doesn't affect me." You know, it only affects old people. Well, we, some of those young people may have been in a state that wasn't the best for making judgments and making those statements. But you know, those old people that you uh, affect, you know, it could be your mom, your dad, your grandparents. But really, uh, today I had a a conversation with a gentleman whose wife is a uh, respiratory therapist in Grand Rapids, and the cases that they're seeing now—that actually they're receiving a lot of cases from Detroit—they're thirty and forty-year-olds with no pre-existing underlying conditions, and they're on vents.
1: Right. So, yeah. yeah.
2: You know the the cultural. Absorption of that type of information needs to be taken to heart and understood beyond, you know, generation, whatever you want to define, you know, the different generations as, because it really is a, it's all of us, no matter what your, your demographic is. I have a, a member of my extended family that is positive and those, those thoughts and those ideas are chilling. And along with the fact, and, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe it's a little hard even for me to to speak about of, I may have had it. Yeah. I got hit with something early on, and I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, I had this in December, I had this in January. Well, I had it. I had serious respiratory distress and ended up in the hospital from it. I didn't stay, and they couldn't identify what the virus I had was, but uh, I've never had an issue like this before. So we don't know where it is or what it's going to do or how it's going to affect people or who has it and who can pass it on. That's where these social mores of just being mindful and being careful of all of that come into play. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a new normal, which sometimes these, these new adjustments for anybody, no matter what age they are,
0: I've made this comment um, to other people. I don't know if I've made it on this podcast, but I think that the country that we live in, our society is not set up to handle the stay-at-home order well. If you look at a lot of other countries that are densely populated they're very family oriented people are always relying on one another the family unit is the center of their lives their connections with people are a little bit different than in the united states and in the united states we do have a society and there's lots of good that happens here But in general, we have a society of if I want to do something, I can do it. And I feel I have the right to do it. Mm -hmm. And we can see how this is really one of our Achilles heels as people are kind of going stir crazy under these conditions and they're retaliating as a result of this. And I think that has to do with our sort of just our societal norms of being more egocentric and being able to tout our freedoms as as our defense to just if I want to do something, I just do it and that's how we live our lives yep. and that's really affecting people right now
2: and I yeah you know, I understand a lot of that I understand the the constitute constitutional ramifications that everyone keeps quoting. I think you're right on the tip of the nail when it comes to how other Societies, you know the the family based we're not very strong in the multi-generational family aspect you know as far as grandma and grandpa are here with mom and dad and i grew up in the same house with them where they live close so a a lot of that intergenerational feedback and education and you know the the societal downflow effect of that is maybe it's a little more respect i want to say Uh, when it comes to that because it's on a personal level and a lot of that has been sterilized and extirpated and and people do want to do what they want to do when they want to do it because this is America right and it's 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 hard for me to to say that you know maybe a wartime mindset is a little better and I don't know if that could ever be recaptured again but during those those times and again going back to the fact that I'm older and had older relatives but my My relatives that participated in World War two everybody pulled together. my relatives that were in the depression, everybody pulled together, and you knew that you were working for a common goal, and that the end of that common goal was victory over whatever and this time the common foe is foe was this virus, and the only right. way to have victory over that is if we do all pull together um that doesn't mean that I don't wanna have the uh the financial sector and our, our our business sectors get the the jolts that they need to get going again and you know work towards whatever that new norm is going to be for them um you know, we have to have our economy but you also have to have people left to invest in the economy so
0: sure
1: uh, that just a lot to think about, Mr. Ballard. Thank you for your for your take. So I I've got uh, kind of some questions related to that. So obviously the physical health we're we're worried about, right? Um, what what do you what are some things that you're worried about for our students and for really humanity when it comes to the stay at home, physical distancing from other people? You know, are there things that concern you more than more than others?
2: There's the mental health uh, aspect of it, which is. It's huge. We're we're a communal species. Whether you're an introvert or extrovert, I don't believe matters. At some point we need that cohabitation at a social level. And there's gotta be ways that we can reestablish, reconnect, and still have that work and not impede personal freedoms to do that and go places, you know, whether it's the beach or hiking a trail or riding a bike or you know, gathering in your backyard for a bonfire. I th- yeah. think that those things will happen again, but they're going to feel and look maybe a little different. You know, I used to sort of stare at the the uh, news broadcast and see people in different countries. And I don't want to, you know, minimize or, or focus on, you know, Asian environments, but Southeast Asia, Asia, people walking around with with masks, things like that. And that's Probably going to be something, I know for me, for a while, it's going to be the norm. Just because A, I want to protect myself, and B, I want to protect others. You know, if I've had this, they don't know how long you shed virus for, things like that. So I want to be sure that I'm not doing harm to others. But at the same time, I don't particularly want harm done to me. The simplistic act of washing your hands, washing them right, knowing your environment, what you're touching, what could be deemed as a, a point of transmission. And I think uh, I'll bet you dollars to donuts at the younger level for students, those type of things are going to become focused until it becomes a cult- cultural norm to do things that way. Yeah. So those are some of the changes. And I'm I'm imagining for probably the next four or five years, maybe more, that establishing those things are maybe going to be difficult, but eventually I think it's going to have to become the way we do things.
1: Yeah. There's certainly going to be some changes, uh, without a doubt. And how long I think comes down to testing, you know, how, how, how fast can we get some tests out here to find out what's going on? Um, you mentioned towards the end of, uh, of, uh, what you were saying there about uh, what I perceive to be some good things, you know, hygiene, um, things like that. What, what are some other things maybe that you thought about that, might be good that comes out of this
2: well i'd like to think that maybe serious funding for the sciences um you know we've we've seen all these budgetary cuts and heard all these i'm this is going to be cut this is going to be taken away that we remember where you know the, the point of the spear is in this fight really and it's in a our prevention and b in our ability to fight back against this virus, using well, you know, I think science is going to play into it as much as social is, but it's 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 a real eye opener that we're not getting a, a TV doctor snap my fingers and here is uh, a vaccine against this virus or here, boom, this drug automatically kills it and we're back to normal or boom, you can go right to your doctor and get a test and know if you're good or if you're not good, things like that. Maybe it's going to slow down our perception of, of how these things get done and put a little more realistic twist into where we are in medicine and management and uh, I guess self responsibility as much as we are societal responsibility for this stuff
1: right
0: oh man i'd love to see science take center stage again
2: (laughs) well you know it's it's all of these inroads that we're making so far yeah it's all science boy I, i really wish there was a magic wand wouldn't that be nice yeah
0: everybody does right there's no as seen on tv for this situation there's no. no essential oil you can rub on your feet and you don't get COVID nineteen.
2: Well, let's just. I'll take chloroquine and no.
0: Right. I mean. That's
2: not the answer either.
0: I just i i have been pushing for scientific literacy, which we have seen going down and down and down and down year after year. I I hope that you're right. I hope that this makes science the respected profession it deserves to be and resources that need to go into sciences
2: no because this definitely isn't a uh lemon honey whiskey solve it all stuff so right.
1: that solves everything when i was a kid what you <laughs>
2: yeah me, me too man <laughs> here stop stop crying and drink this you'll be fine <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: put some mercuricombe on everything
1: you know i could still taste that like when i think about it i can just like I can still get that taste in my mouth if I think hard enough. Yep. How that, how that concoction tasted.
0: I have a very distinct memory of my mother taking her finger, dipping it in her wine glass and rubbing it on a gum where I had a tooth popping through.
2: Yep. (laughs) Well, you know, that's, uh, there's science in that too. Yeah. And there's just you know it was a, a proven fact of, of what they were doing it, and they did that because their mothers did that, as did their mothers before. Yeah, um, so the the bright spot of this is I think we have a really good foundation for this fight when it comes to um, working on those those buffer vaccines, working on the uh, plasma issue. Of you know, can we find antibodies in uh in uh the blood of those who have gone through a course of this and come out the other side, and can that be used in administering to uh those who are currently suffering with it as you know it's been used with so many other viral issues?
0: There are so many areas where there's rapid growth happening just as a result of this situation, and I look at education even and Uh, the way that we've all had to adapt to just deliver knowledge to our students and how our students have had to learn and adapt to receive that knowledge. And families are trying to juggle a million things and people are working from home and trying to teach their kids. And I think that there is so much rapid growth that at the end of this thing, we are all going to have skills that, we would not have had without being kind of you know it's baptism by fire. You just you're thrown into it.
2: In a way, that side of it really is cool because I've had real time communication and you know repartee with with our students, and I've given them assignments already. You know, albeit things that they could handle from home, and we're we're ramping. Those things up, and I'm sure you guys have, have got your packets gone. And I, I learned how to scan and digitize, you know, lessons and and worksheets and things like that. And I'm I'm sharing that stuff uh, with Mrs. Bisbee and it's going into the the Google format. And our kids are embracing it. Yeah. And uh, to be able to get instant feedback from them and questions, and the resources that we have available now, I mean, basically we and our students can touch a button, and we can learn almost anything we want we've got it instantly at our fingertips it's just coalescing all that information together you know in a way that's usable beneficial and quantitative that we're you know we're we're riding that pony right now and uh parents have seemed to be really supportive the kids for the most part they're jazzed about it and i'm i'm excited about it this is this is kind of the stuff that we've always talked about you know that we wanted to do and and use as a resource and we're, we're gonna do it because we have to do right. it it's the right thing to do
0: yeah I mean if there was anybody out there who hadn't entered you know the 21st century at this point they were just thrown into it you know everybody's right. there now you have to be
2: and uh, you know even the hurdles of getting around individual households that don't have you uh, a wireless ability or, you know, online ability. We're still getting around that. Right. And it's it's all coming together, you know, and there's going to be a shakedown cruise. But uh, I, I think the product that comes out the other side of this, as far as public education, is going to be a much stronger working knowledge of everything. And I really think the generation of kids from, you know, I would say, second, third grade, all the way through, you know, our upcoming seniors, I think our working relationships with them are going to be different. Yes. I think we're, we're going from teacher and student to partners.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um,
2: Working partners who understand that we're all working towards a common goal and that, you know, they're going to uplift us and we're going to uplift them and we're going to work on this together. And uh, what a joy and what a benefit that is going to be from this.
1: I couldn't agree more. I, we, since this started, uh, Mrs. Weibel and I both started Instagram accounts, Mrs. Tomaszewski, Mrs. Quist. And it, while we're seeing things on Instagram that we we, we can't unsee, we, we right. wish we didn't see certain things. Right. Uh, we also, I feel like we're getting a little bit closer you know where you know they can kind of see our lives that we're humans and that we don't you mm-hmm. know sleep in our closets uh yep. and I think that that's going to help us um as we move in the next 7 weeks for sure yeah definitely mr b one thing that really touched me that you did um and this was going back a few weeks i think this was like week 1 of the um shelter in place order but you made a post on facebook with a with a shield oh yeah what was this shield something you made
2: no. I, you know what? I did make a shield. It's it's actually sitting in Mr. Schapansky's office. I made it years ago. Um, and it was a centerpiece of one of the displays they did for seniors uh, that were, you know, writing little blurbs about where they aspired to go and what their plans were. You know, and it, it it struck me then that the, the shield, I guess, is an important symbol. And in some aspects, I don't know that we've ever really embraced our quote-unquote vikingness but it's it's one of those iconic symbols and and what was important to me about the shield is that the shield is really nothing the shield itself has no strength it doesn't offer anything what matters about the shield is is the person or the people that stand behind it that that use it to protect that use it to move forward that that bring their strength to it and their ideals to it.
1: So your message, it really touched me. It was one of the first times uh, looking through Facebook that it struck me thinking about the seniors. And this group of seniors has really got a special place in my heart. It was the first group that that I got to teach um, as um, as an eighth grade U.S. history teacher at Hopkins. Yeah, so wow. they, they really hold a special place in my heart. And your message here, and I just want to read a little bit of it uh, for everybody that, that may not have heard it, Uh, really touched me. So uh, here's what Mr. Ballard said. He said, seniors, do not believe you are forgotten. Do not believe you are abandoned. Do not believe you are alone. To the deepest contrary, you will never be forgotten. For the adversity you are facing, for the great chasm of the unknown you stand before, know that we stand here with you. And, And I just thought that was a really, really cool message. Do you have any ideas how we could celebrate this senior group you know I, I i don't for obviously with school not going on i don't know if we'll be able to gather do, do you have have you thought about ways i kind of have it it
2: seems like this is turning into the season of of the car the season of the drive by right but um you know i thought if if seniors could gather with their families or you know even if they're they're on their own and uh, if we could bring them into town with messages of support throughout town, and just have them drive through anything to to give them recognition to know that we do recognize them. We do recognize the importance of of what they've accomplished. We also recognize the important um, aspect of what they've had to to go through and experience now. And the thing that makes them different than any other senior class, you know, in my memory is that we've experienced it together and that we're, we're never going to be able to to wipe away that loss that they feel sort of, you know, being, being robbed of the rites of passage and tradition. But at the same time, if we fill that void with something else and let them know that we recognize that, we support that, we applaud them, for that and it's it's a a medal that they're going to wear for the rest of their lives and that they won't be forgotten because they've had to walk through this at a time when when they shouldn't have had to but they in my mind they join the ranks of a lot of other people their age that have experienced world changing events hmm thrown on their shoulders you know we we might deem them or the world might view them as children but i don't view them as children anymore i view them as as young adults most worthy of of respect for what they're going through and if we can can hand that back to them and say we see you um we recognize you we love you and we respect you for this
1: yeah, this is a group, it just struck me when you said that, that they've had a lot thrown at them over the last decade. You know, this, uh, I'm, uh, the first thing that pops into my head is the Florida, you know, kind of when we're dealing with these these these, these school shootings, like this is just, um, there's a lot to be thrown at them over the last, well, through all their schooling, really. Yep. So they are, what's the word I'm looking for? Forged in uh, something, something more creative.
2: They've experienced an adversity, or, or they've had to face an adversity that a, a lot of other generations, or for quite a few generations, have not had to face. Yeah. Um, you know, societal changes, world level event changes. And now, of course, I don't think there's a, been a bigger world event changer than this in my lifetime, anyway.
1: Well, certainly not since World War two no for sure.
2: no, not at all and uh that's that's sort of where my heart was when i when I penned that. I just saw a lot of kids feeling alone and left out and at a loss, and I just I felt that they really needed to know that they're not alone that we haven't forgot about them. And of of all the senior classes that I've ever experienced, I'm never gonna forget them. Not not that I've forgotten the other ones, by the <laughs> way. But but uh, and there's a lot of them that boy, I really wish that they would consider me a friend at this point. Yeah, not the that worked at school because I really think that way about them.
1: Totally agree. All right, can we can we um can we lighten it up? Just a little yes, we you? can. Right, should i, I a now. <laughs> uh, a couple of questions. We're a puppet show, but
2: there's no video.
1: No, we're really glad to hear your take on that, Mr. B. That was good.
0: Uh, Mr. Ballard, I need to tell you that I've been made fun of for something um, on this podcast regularly that I would like you to weigh in on.
1: One thing? There's been quite a few.
0: Yes, but this thing is particularly close to Mr. Ballard's heart, too, I believe. Uh Uh-oh. I have been picked on for birding for being a bird watcher.
1: Oh, no, I'm a bird geek, girl.
0: Yes, thank you. See, Mr. Scudder, there's a lot oh. of us out there.
1: No, for you, it's a number of things. It's the knitting. It's the bird watching. <laughs> it, 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 it There's so many things right now that make I you could sit down it.
2: and crochet you a hat right now, young man, and I would I do didn't. it with my masculinity intact. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs>
1: uh we've been giving each other a hard time i bought slippers for the first time in my life a couple weeks ago and yeah it's um it's good heavens uh, yeah well you know it's
2: it's it's one of those diversions i mean it's it's for you it's music yeah you know and, and at a level there's i guess i would coin myself a music geek too but you know i'm i'm sitting out back today waiting for cars to roll in and i'm i'm playing pileated woodpecker calls because there's one in the woods behind the barn calling calling birds in and i'm i'm making the local robins angry by playing robin territorial songs and and the (laughs) ladies are just looking at me like what is he doing now
0: yeah so (laughs) i mentioned a few weeks ago that i have a bird caller that you can put a little card in and then push the different birds and it'll make their calling sounds oh cool and I got a little bit picked on by Mr. Scudder, but then that week you posted to your Facebook an article on how you should be taking up bird watching during this pandemic. And yeah. I just wanna tell you thank you so much for, for doing your timing was impeccable on that.
2: <laughs> That's no. all right. He, he's sitting alone in a corner at his house with GarageBand band on his phone trying to riff. So <laughs>
1: That's true. I have been doing that. I did I did a Facebook show, a private Facebook show the other day, but I got to be honest. I pulled out my binoculars uh, from the basement today because we did have a cardinal and a little yellow finch in our backyard uh, and the boys did check it out. So I, I am on board. I see, you know, kind of how it could be, I, I guess a little calming. Yep. But,
2: uh, Think of it this way. It's cheaper than buying an aquarium.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good point.
2: And A lot easier to clean
1: yeah mr b do you have dogs
2: uh yeah i've got two of them sitting here right with me now i've got a a uh, red lab named uh cedar and then i've got a chesapeake bay retriever named willow that's if you're hearing clickety 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 that's them walking around on the floor
1: how old are they
2: uh cedar is four and willow will be two uh she'll turn two in december
1: Ooh, they're in their prime oh yeah that's awesome. Now, do they go? Do they go out uh, and get the mail with you, or do you...
2: sometimes? But I try to keep them away from the road because being on Main Street here in the beautiful downtown Hopkins Metro area, sometimes traffic can be unbearable and too dangerous. Oh, oh I, I I know it.
0: When you get your mail, Mister Ballard, do you do any? Do you like wear anything special to go out to the mailbox? Who you been talking to? <laughs> We're going somewhere. Here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, first off, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, I either leave the mail sitting there overnight now, or uh, I've got gloves, and uh, I'll spray them down, and if I can fit it in the microwave, I'll microwave it for a minute or two, just in case. <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah, I'll
2: figure what the hay.
1: In Maryland, the police, and, and this is a smaller town in Maryland called Tannytown, uh, the police there, uh, issued a statement and they said, wear pants to check the mail final warning. Oh, and here was, here was their official message to the community. It says, please remember to put pants on before leaving the house to check your mailbox. The post said, uh, you know who you are. This is your <laughs> final warning. End quote.
2: I can believe it. I've been in Maryland a lot. And some of those towns are, well, they're rather Hopkins-esque to tell you the truth, but, uh. No, I haven't seen anybody running around sans pants around here, though. Mr. <laughs>
1: Hazen hasn't been running around in a speedo.
2: No. Oh, good lord! <laughs> there's, there's no way I can take that image out of my mind now. Thank you.
1: Yeah, seared it right in. Yeah. Hey, what's it, what's it like not to have facial hair? It's cold, man. <laughs> cold, especially the
0: last couple days. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. It, it definitely feels odd. It's been a long time, but, uh, trying to maintain it, you know, I, I shaved it off and I realized we didn't have any shaving cream. Mm. So I'm, I'm using whatever I got around here to, to make it happen. And I shaved it all off. And this is just so that my, my mask will conform to my face better than, than having the Colonel Sanders look. Cause it wasn't keeping my mask very flush to my face. So.
0: You know, they say you can substitute hair conditioner for shaving. That's what I
2: did, Uh, except for one time I had soap in my eye and I grabbed the wrong stuff. And I think it was some kind of sun bum lotion or something. I put that on there and suddenly I felt an unpleasant tingling all over my face and and shaved it (laughs) off as quick as I could. I'm I'm glad I didn't make the mistake that I made earlier in the year, though, because my wife, in keeping with fashion trends had colored her hair a magenta and apparently there's uh shampoo that you can use to maintain or intensify your magentaness and uh i'm just grabbing shampoo early in the morning and i'm shampooing my hair and you know do the beard the mustache thing and when your beard and mustache are white after about three days I started to get this sort of purpley tinge that I didn't really notice because I'm not looking at my beard mustache, but the kids started saying, Mr. Bell, your hair's purple. I'm like, what are you (laughs) talking about? I looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, my hair's purple.
0: That's awesome. Oh
2: yeah, it was pretty trendy. I looked like grape ape. That was a cartoon that was on before you two were ever born.
1: Well, speaking of age, I, I put a post on Instagram here about an hour or two ago and I asked, you know, what questions should we ask Mr. Ballard? I, I've only gotten one response. And uh, Ethan Gilder would like to know Oh no. <laughs> how how long how long is a Coon's Age? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's his so, so now. So how long is a Coon's Age? Yeah. Oh
2: uh, I'm gonna say seventy-two in months that end with R. Mm. <laughs>
1: okay this wasn't a question i thought you'd have the answer i have no No.
2: well it depends on how hungry i am because if i'm hungry a coon's age is not very long (laughs) might have to seek alternative proteins yeah and they're not bad i'm just saying i'm not even kidding on that
0: what is the weirdest thing you've probably eaten
2: um probably a toss-up between coyote and bobcat
0: Oh, The coyote I
2: actually liked, the bobcat was a little stringy for my, my taste, but uh, uh, there probably isn't too much that I haven't eaten as far as what swims in the sea and crawls on the ground.
1: I was talking to my dad about this the other day. My dad is an, an avid outdoorsman what do you think is this going to do anything to our conservation numbers are are we going to see a spike i saw uh herds of deer running through grand rapids that made national news a couple weeks ago
2: yeah the thing is that those deer those herds of deer have always been running through grand rapids it's just that you know it's a little quieter now so instead of the herds running through at three o'clock in the morning or running through at three o'clock in the afternoon
1: yeah good call
2: I honestly don't know. The next conservation season up is turkey season. The DNR has posted that that season is going to go on as scheduled. They have made some special uh, compensatory moves, though, because a lot of times, well, you have to apply for an area to hunt in the state. You don't have to hunt in the area that you live, so you could apply for an area, uh, you know, around Alpena if you wanted to hunt from down here. But with the travel bans. They have said if you contact a number that they have posted, you can convert your license from that far distant zone to uh, a a zone right in your home area. Oh, so that will shift some things. Maybe some areas that traditionally got a lot of numbers for turkeys anyway aren't going to see as many numbers, so their their numbers might go up a little bit. As far as fishing things like that, the main run for walleye is on right now the the beginning of the spawning run which is why a lot of people were upset about not being able to take their boats out yeah um but the people that i know they're involved with the dnr said the entire issue with doing those things were you wouldn't get dad and his two kids going out on their boat from the same household you'd get three buddies from different households together oh yeah and then you'd get 300 groups of buddies at these big boat ramps that would all be jostling and you know shoulder to shoulder and that's why those things got affected so i don't know what that's going to do to sports fishing i've got family members that run charters out of saint joe they're going out well they were going out for themselves just to get salmon they can't take clients out now but we don't really have any other seasons other than the beginning of the fishing seasons now um
1: it's kind of a good time i guess a good time for this in that regard yep
0: do we have any birthdays this weekend
1: So we've got one birthday coming up next Monday. The Queen of Goat Lotion, Paisley Dorman. Happy birthday. Oh, there you go. Happy
2: birthday, Paisley. Happy birthday, Pais.
1: Happy birthday.
0: Mr. Ballard, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, thank
2: you so much for asking. It was a a fantastic experience, and it got me off off the couch for 45 minutes.
1: (laughs) It's been great to hear from you.
2: Well, it's been great talking to you guys, too. I miss you tons.
0: We miss you, too. Next week during our um, regularly scheduled episode, it'll be during our first week of instruction. Great Online learning coming at you. So everybody have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be checking in with you next week.
1: Talk to you next week, everybody. All right, everybody.
2: Pay your taxes. Wash your hands. Stay away from me.